I'm Benzel Mohammed, and this is JobMakers. Immigrants have always been economic drivers and revitalizers. Just look at Lowell, Massachusetts, or Lawrence, Massachusetts, or any of the gateway cities in your state. Immigrants tend to move into areas that are cheap, namely places in economic decline. Then they open up shops and businesses, bring in goods and services, and gradually revitalize these once downtrodden areas. For Teresa Park, Deputy Director and Senior Executive Vice President at Mass Development, a group that offers financing and real estate solutions to drive economic growth across Massachusetts. She's seen this up close and she's lived it. An immigrant from Korea who moved to Lawrence, she saw firsthand how immigrants built their lives from the ground up and in so doing, brought economic and cultural vibrancy to their new home cities. And when she went on to work for cities like Lowell and Lawrence, she herself was the one to reach out to immigrant-owned businesses, nurture their growth, and see their broad impact. Teresa talks us through her experience with immigrant business owners, how she developed their trust, how she celebrates them, and the many ways they enrich their new homeland in this week's Job Makers. Teresa Park, Deputy Director and Senior Executive Vice President of Mass Development. Welcome to the JobMakers Podcast. How are you? Um, very well, and thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here today. So tell us a little bit about the work you currently do. So um, I'm now with a state agency. My, the bulk of my bank background is really in, um, in local government, working in planning and development and economic development field. Um, last year, I accepted a position as the um, with Mass Development. Um, and mass development is the state's uh, financing agency um, as well as its land bank. And so we get involved in a lot of development related projects, primarily from the financing side, but we also provide um, technical assist, real estate technical assistance, as well as offering grants and other programs um, along with the states or through the state's one stop process, um, the application process for which is currently open. And it's a really good way to tap into a lot of programs available through the state. And how does immigration figure into your work when we see that one in seven Massachusetts residents is foreign born, that they're twice as likely to start a business, that they've been traditional, traditionally engines of economic growth in, in you know downtrodden parts of the country. And of course we have yeah. Kendall Square, for instance. Right, so a couple of things. One, which is that, um, you know, great things come from ideas, right? And you just never know where these ideas are gonna come from. And I think that um, immigrants by nature, and we've heard this said over and over again, which is that they already have a high, um, uh, they have a um, high tolerance for risk, right? Nobody leaves a country and go to another country where they basically are complete strangers to the systems of food, um, so many cultural aspects of it. Um, but for the desire for a better opportunity and better life for their family. And I think that the, those drives translate very well in their ability to create um, and succeed in entrepreneurship and, and establishing new entities. And I think along that line, we also want to make sure um, as, a, as a state quasi agency that the work that we do have can 
support good initiatives um, that were equitable in how we deliver uh, those programs that is like across the state, which is why we have programs um, that support business growth. We have programs that support um, gateway cities. We have programs that uh, support um, uh, support developers so that we could increase the housing that's in such great demand in the Commonwealth. So. We have a pretty good toolkit of programs and services that could be brought to bear. Now, we just want to make sure whether it's from the level of outreach we do, the engagement that we do, the people who can take advantage of those programs feel like we can be a partner to them. And so to that extent, the communications work that we're doing, we want to make sure that whether it's business started by immigrants, whether it's um, in communities that are heavily um, where there may be a lot of immigrants, for example, you know, I live in the city of Lowell, for example, if they have a historically, they have been a gateway for a lot of immigrants in the beginning to work the textile industry, but that flow continues as well. And I think that there are great opportunities in places like Lowell and Lawrence and Lynn and other gateway cities. And we want to make sure that we get the word out and we make sure that we can deliver in a way that is meaningful um, and, and that's also very culturally confident. That is excellent. And I, I know that this is personal to you as well because you have your own immigrant story. Is that right? Yes. So I was not born in this country. Um, I came from Korea at a very young age. And when my family first moved here, we actually lived in the city of Lawrence, um, a city that I would later come back and work as the planning director. And um, I think that experience where you're thrown into something just starkly different, it's, it's kind of like the closest thing I could translate to right now is like when you're going on a trip, right? You leave one country, you get on a plane and then you get on the other side. And then all of a sudden, like there's this like this um, su sudden change in everything that Right. It's just everything is totally new. It's almost like and an immigrant experience is very similar in the sense that there's this stark contrast. But at the same time, you're making a much longer commitment. And so um, you're making a commitment to this new way of life. You're making a commitment to, you know, from my parents perspective, like, you know, they they worked hard for many, many years so they can make sure that the kids could go to get the get good education and be successful. So. I think that's not that's um, pretty typical of what other immigrant fam families experience. Some go on to you know start businesses, um, and we see them succeed. I think your um, the war dinner that you have every year, you know, you recognize like the, the tremendous um, contributions that they have made from job standpoint, the, the impact that they've had on neighborhoods as far as services. That is really well said. And I, I know this is directly from your experiences in cities like Lowell and Lawrence. Um, talk us through your experiences in these cities. What did you see with the immigrant business community? How did you foster their growth? Uh, what was the response like from the rest of the community? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I love working in gateway cities. Um, I feel like there's a vibrancy. There's a, there's a, like, there's this gumption, like, you know, you can throw an empty can and something beautiful can be get like a, you can throw garbage and something beautiful can be made out of it. You know what I mean? It's just like, I think, you know, and I say this in the most positive way possible is that people can make great things with very little. 
And I see that in spades in both uh, in gateway cities. I think one of the beautiful things about both living and working there is one, just, just the, the flavor, just the blending of this flavor, like, you know, and, and how it just adds to the, the vibrancy of life there, right? And we have all these wonderful things like in Lowell, let's take Lowell, for example. So we have the, the National Historic Park, which looks at the history of the city and how that unfolded and how reliant actually was also in the immigrants to, to basically, you know, work the factories. We have a huge Cambodian population. So we had this amazing Cambodian neighborhoods. We all, but we also have folks from, you know, West and East Africa and South America. And it's just like, it feels like a microcosm, microcosm, microcosm of the bigger planet. So for us, um, trust building was a key part of our ability to succeed in working with small businesses, particularly immigrant entrepreneurs. Um, so we made a point of being out in the neighborhood, visiting these businesses, not just once, but we appear before them regularly. Um, we knew we got, we heard their stories. We heard about what are the kind of things that could be helpful to them. And when we can deliver on those things, we were back and we're trying to make those connections, connection points to say that, okay, this is the, um, what you had told us, this is what we can provide. And, and we, you know, and, and so we would make that connection. We had um, people on staff um, or within the larger department who could, stick, who could speak different languages. So we try to take advantage of that um, so that it's not always just, um, you know, we could only interact in, in one language. Like we want to make sure that we could communicate at, at different levels. And to that extent, we want to make sure that, you know, whenever we did everything from um, marketing, for example, or pulling together um, collateral that talks about the work that we do, we were multilingual about it. We always made sure that the representation was very broad and um, encompassing of all the different types of businesses, not just the high tech, but the, um, the neighborhood type, mom and pop type of businesses, um, because they will eventually um, hire people. Right. Even for, even if it was just like one or two jobs, to me, that's still, I mean, that's still meaningful, right? Because that one person has a family and because of that job, now they're able to do these other things that they may not have been able to do before. You brought up the Immigrant Entrepreneur Awards, which my organization, the Immigrant Learning Center, hosts every year, um, which is this year is happening in March 8th. Um, and uh, I have to say that we have a special category called business growth for fast growing businesses that are employing lots of people. And three of those past winners were all Dominican American and all came from Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the reputation of certain cities like Lawrence, they're growing. People don't invest in place without the belief that there is opportunity there. So how does being an immigrant, even though you were, you know, you arrived as such a young child, but you, you, you're not only foreign born, but you also have a very global perspective, having traveled around the world and continuing to do that. Um, do you think that that has given you a particular perspective in your work of planning and developing uh, the development of cities? I would say one of the best, the biggest life skill that I feel like I benefit from because of that immigrant experience as well as the global travel um, is problem solving. 
you can present a problem, same problem in, in a lot of different places, you're, you're going to get different kind of answers or different types of solutions. And I feel like if you travel, if you have the immigrant experience, it's almost like you expand the range of your thinking in, in when you're problem solving. Um, because it's, you're not just fixing a widget. You're also thinking about it in, in, in I, I, for me personally, in a more complex way. And so, you know, so, you know, solving for problem X, all of a sudden you have all these different ways of addressing it. I remember a joke from Trevor Noah of saying, you know, if you don't like immigrants, then you're not allowed to like immigrant food. So you just end up with a potato. <laughs> and we take for granted. We do some great things with that potato. <laughs> of, of course, so many different things. But we take, for, we really do as uh, people living in the United States take for granted the the flavor that we are given and offered every day in terms of food, in terms mm -hmm. of holidays, in terms of cultures. Overall, though, you know, you've seen many different immigrant populations starting businesses in different places. Have you have you seen them integrate, you know, learning the language or, or, or um, their children being successful and, and things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, some of that has to do with when they come to this country, right? There's a level, level of acculturation that needs to occur, like, you know, if, you know, my parents came here when they were, um, I think, close to 40, maybe. I, I can't recall exactly, but, you know, like, and then they had to learn the language and, you know, that, you know, um, gaining gainful employment and so on. So I think the challenges um, are very real. Real. I think it could be eased. Um, so like I had mentioned earlier that when I came to this country, um, that there weren't a lot of Koreans. Um, so we had to acculturate very quickly. Um, I think that at the same time, uh, I think it could have been, a, it could be lonely experience for people as well when you don't have your community. Um, I think the level of acculturation changes with the generation. I think when the parents first come here, they're so busy um, working, whether that's being working for somebody or working for themselves. Um, and, you know, it's really relying on the next generation um, to then more fully immerse, take advantage of, you know, the well, of the job opportunities that are out there, the educational opportunities that are out there. Um, so I think it happens, immersion happens in a couple of different ways. Um, I think if you come to a place where there is a ready community, I think that could help ease the transition. I think that is really important. Um, oftentimes you also find these uh, cities, you know, people who can act, pr provide, um, be the connector to different kinds of programs and services. So they could get more, so they could get grounded more readily which hopefully means that they could then have more time to then, um, you know, whether it's, you know, attending the kids' parent-teacher meetings or uh, whether maybe even attending a community meeting or um, it could be um, helping the next generation of immigrants that may be coming through the door, you know, help them with the acculturation. But I think how quickly and how, Easily, you can do that depends on how old you are when you come to this country, um, what kind of communities there to sort of ease a transition. Um, and I think just remembering that um, 
people are always just trying to do their best um, and just always allowing and giving people the benefit of the doubt because, you know, I, this is some really hateful rhetoric that's come out, of course, right? Um, and I think those either, and it's based on some really unfounded misinformation. And I just hope that um, people dig a little deeper, um, people be a little bit more um, open-minded um, and just remember that like, we're all part of the human race, right? Um, and we have really have more in common than, than not. That's beautifully said. And I think at the end of the day, we have to remember that um, the economic development of immigrants through their businesses helps the entire community. It doesn't just help that one immigrant. It creates jobs. It creates more taxes. It creates a safer neighborhood, um, increased goods and services. So, um, you know, we did some research on immigrant essential workers during the pandemic and, you know, where they were left out of the CARES Act, for instance, things like that impeded their ability to help all of us recover. We could have recovered faster. We could have recovered in a more efficient way. If you were to close off this, this podcast interview with a message for um, the U.S. when it comes to the value of immigrant entrepreneurship and recognizing that value, what do you think it would be? I would say that if, if we were a formula, we're a plus sign, not a minus sign from an immigrant standpoint. It's not really for a formula, but I would say that, you know, this, when we talk about immigration, we're talking about people who are coming to this country because of what's been touted about all that's good about this country. And I think it was really important that we continue to um, prize uh, what we hold dear in, in um, this country's ability to be the beacon of light for freedom, for democracy, and for opportunity for everybody. That's very beautifully said, Teresa. Uh, thank you so much. This was a wonderful interview, and, and, and thank you for sharing as well your own personal stories with us. Uh, Teresa Park, Deputy Director and Senior Executive Vice President of Mass Development, thank you for joining us on the Job Makers Podcast. Thank you for having me, Denzel. Great to be here. Jobmakers is a weekly podcast about immigrant entrepreneurship and contribution produced by Pioneer Institute, a think tank in Boston, and the Immigrant Learning Center in Malden, Massachusetts, a not-for-profit that gives immigrants a voice. Thank you for joining us for today's insightful conversation and how entrepreneurial immigrants are rebound for cities in decline. If you're not an outstanding immigrant entrepreneur we should talk to, email Denzil, that's D-E-N-Z-I-L, at jobmakerspodcast.org. I'm Denzel Mohammed. Join us next Thursday at noon for another Jobmakers.